The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com live from Los Angeles, California, specifically the Dream Hotel. You, you know, know this guy next to me, <laughs> Chief Johnson, Malik Rashid, multi-platinum, multi-Grammy award-winning producer, great human being, Ray Romulus from The Stereotypes. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Man, thank you so much for being here, seriously, man. Thank sure. you so much for being here. How's it, uh, how's it going? How you feeling? It's going good, you know. Uh, coming off of this uh, long weekend with the family, you know, happy to be back at work. Okay. Happy for, you know, you guys having me, taking me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> you, you chilling, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, usually, like I said, I'm, I'm usually on the other side of this, you know, working with artists and watching them do interviews and, um, you know, I just... Uh, you hit me up. I'm like, yo, you know what? I had I had to come through. Nah, I, I I share with Ray that he was one of the guys that um, cause we we're always sort of pivoting, right? Or, or that we're pivoting all the time. Um, and I share with Ray that watching, having known him for a while, like, hey, I remember you were A and R at Def Jam and. Uh, then, you know, sort of took the bull by the horns and was just like, uh, I'm gonna go build this, this empire, you know, which is the stereotypes production team. And you, you guys have obviously done amazing things. And, uh, so like watching that pivot and watch how confident, confidently you did it, even though we know behind the scenes, there's always sort of. You know, there's a little bit of turbulence. There's a little, there's oh, moments sure. of self-doubt and, um, you know, yo, did I, am I being practical? I got a family, I, you know what I mean? Uh, the things that our decisions are are uh, sort of anchored in. But yeah, so with that being said, had to have you here so you could, you know, drop some gems on us. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, um, so where, where did it all start? I know you originally from New York. We're at New York specifically. So I was uh, I was born in Brooklyn. I lived in Queens for like 13 years, and uh, around seventh eighth grade, my uh, my family we moved upstate New York. So because um, it was just it was getting like it was getting a little rough where we were living. So mm -hmm. my dad was like, "Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get out of here. You know, I want a better life for my you know for my kids." So we moved to uh, a little town called Washingtonville, and I went to high school up there. Um, and then went to college. I only, I only spent like two years in college. Um, I went to the school called New Pulse. And that's where I actually, um, I was like in high school, I was this big Puff fan. I always wanted to emulate my, you know, my life or my career. Like I was like, you know what? I want to be like Puff. 
And actually, let me bring it all the way back. I'm a drummer okay. first. Okay. You know, my father was um, a choir director. He led the church um, in praise and worship. And I, and I played the drums uh, since I was like five. So um, I realized at an early age that, or well, not even at an early age, towards, you know, going to college, I realized, you know, like, I want to get into the music industry, you know what I mean? So if I want to be in the music industry, I've got to like, you know, I've got to go through these certain avenues and Puff was the one that I, you know, looked at uh, to do that. Um, and I saw that he, you know, he got he got an internship at, uh, what was it, Howard? Mm -hmm. he, went, he went to Howard, got an internship. Caught the train up every day, train up. two hours. And it's funny because I sort of did the same thing. Okay. So, um, and I knew he like threw parties and all, all this thing. And uh, I got the opportunity to, I got the opportunity to go to New York and interview with him. Wait, Puff interviewed you? Not, no, no. So I, I interviewed okay. with, I, I interviewed with- Bad Boy. Fra yeah, Bad Boy. Okay. Francesca Spiro, uh, I interviewed with her and she, um, and she hired me as, a, as an intern. How crazy is that to like <clears throat> identify Puff as like kind of, you know, this is this is somebody that I look up to. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at their career. Now you're beginning an internship at that place. Like what what was that like? It was crazy because I, I wasn't making much money. You know what I mean? So I had to like support I had to support my life and uh going to, like I was I was going to school and I was faking like I was going to school for like two years to my parents, because <laughs> they the, the 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 deal was I had to I had to be going to school in order to live in the city. Um, so because they were financing you living in the city, not really. They weren't. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't financing me. Just a parent, just child. Parents, okay. Yeah, you know, okay. Yeah, parents. Okay. You know, they come. They're they're from the islands. They're from Haiti. So, you know, for them, the music industry was a thing that. Yeah. It, it didn't make sense to them. Yeah, they're like, yo, you got to get a degree, you got to get a proper job to support, you know, your life and have a family and blah blah blah. Um, but I took the unconventional route, and I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. You know, I, I was like, I I know I want to be in this music industry, and um, so I was, you know, there's this girl that was working at in the admin, in the admin office, and I was I was dating her for a while. And she would make these fake progress reports and report cards. <laughs> <laughs> and they would send it to my house and I would fake like I was still going to school. Shout but, out her. She's yeah, a but, Shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the whole time I was just like, I was still interning. You know, I was treating that internship like my job. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, I figured out a way to uh, get it, uh, an official bad boy email address. Okay. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like, try, yeah. I was working my way to get into a, getting a business card because I knew at the time, at that time, it was like, you weren't official until card. you can walk around and, oh, here's yeah. my card, you know. Yeah. Woo! You know, that? Me, right? And you got that bad boy logo on there? Exactly. During exactly. that time? What? And um, one of the turning points at bad boy was when he was running the, uh, the marathon. Okay. And they were asking people, who wants to, who wants to volunteer to work out with Puff? And I was like, damn, the marathon, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm an athlete, but like, all right. And I just raised my hand and I jumped out there and I was like, I'll, I'll run with him. And my, you know, the first, the first uh, training day, I did like 13 miles with him. But I just knew that if I just got close enough and built a relationship, Proximity. you know, Proximity. you know, just being in that ice, this in his, you know, uh, in that, just being around, he'd be like, oh, I would build a rapport with him, so we would, you know, we would run around Central Park, and um, eventually I started like babysitting the kids sometimes, and you know he would trust me enough to take the jewelry to get cleaned at, you know, Jacob, blah blah blah, blah. and I knew if you did you did these little tasks, you know, that could translate into getting a job, and um, that's exact, you know, that's exactly what happened. Which um, one of them kids was you babysitting, Justin? Uh, not Justin. It was Christian and Quincy. Okay. Okay. Yep. And Young this is when they were Combs. like, yeah, this yeah. is when they were like, yay, hi, I'll take okay. them to the arcade or whatever. Okay. And, um, 
And uh, Norma, who's Puff's uh, assistant at the time, was like, yo, this kid is, he's working his ass yeah. off. Dope. And, and she was close with Karen Kwok, who was head of A&R at Arista. And at the time, she was looking for an assistant for Jermaine Dupree. And Norma goes, yo, we got this kid here who's just hustling, doing his thing. You need to meet him. And I literally ran over to Arista, sat with Karen Kwok. She's like, I like you. I like you. I want to I wanna introduce you to, to Jermaine, see if it works out. And it did. You know, and that became Jermaine Dupree's assistant. So did you go to Atlanta or were you still in New so York? So I was back and forth, New York and, and Atlanta. Is this at the time when he's, because I know one time he's running Arista for a little bit. Correct. But he also was the president at Def Jam at some point, right? When L.A. was there, he was... Him and Brian Postel, I think. Were... Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I was already gone then. Okay, okay. At, yeah, I think I was already... <clears throat> nah. I don't remember him being... So he was at the... Arista. He was still at Arista. We all went to, like, Jive. Okay, and, and okay, okay. LA went to Def Jam. Okay. Which okay. is another crazy story because, you know, working with JD, for, I was maybe I was assistant for, like, maybe a year and a half. Okay. Uh, it was, like, the first year they were having the... Um, the VMAs okay. in uh, Miami. The the one the one good thing about working with JD was that he was really close friends with Jay Z, so we would always kick it, play pool, whatever. And uh, the year that they did the VMAs in Miami, JD didn't want to go, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm going." <laughs> so I get down there. Uh, I find out that Jay, you know, Jay Z's throwing a yacht party. Um, and you know, I don't have the invite, but someone gave me the, the info of where it was going to be. And I'm like, you know what, if I, if I pull up confidently, if pull he up. sees me, <laughs> I'm going to get in. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. I get to the, I get to the address where the boat's docked. The boat's literally like, you know, the walkway is right there. I'm standing there and just, you know, in the, in the perfect position and just talking to a friend and. Out comes J and B out the car. They start walking, you know, they start walking into the entrance and Jay sees me. He's like, yo, what up? Where's JD at? He's like, he didn't he didn't make the trip. He's like, I'm just like, yo, so you know. <laughs> He's like, so, so what are you doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was good. He goes, You wanna go in you wanna go into the party? I'm like, yes, I like please. I would love to. <laughs> I would love Obviously, to. Obviously, I would like to. <laughs> And I, I get into the party, and that is actually what got me my A&R job with L.A. Because while I was in the party, L.A. sees me, and he goes, bro, I, you find your way into everything, bro. He likes that kind of shit. You know that's You know, LA. he loves that. He loves that. So when he, when he saw it, he was like, yo, you know I'm at Def Jam now. What do you think about being an A&R over there? And I'm like, Absolutely. <clears throat> I want to I go back a little bit and talk about the internship and the power also of identifying your purpose early. I know we there's still internships, kids go through internships, but when we were coming up, internships weren't paid. They weren't. Nothing. You work from the back of the house, meaning boxes, meaning get coffee, get food, do all these things, and people were watching. So I want you to talk about the importance of the work you put in and not only the work that, but also making sure you stay connected to the correct people that then continue to open doors for you. Because for sure. I feel like that's a lost, um, it's an art, but also no, no, it's, it's a lost, art. It's lost thing because these kids, I know because I've had so many interns and they come in and it's like they want to check boxes and then they already want to start working on like the cool things, the events. and it's it's funny because at our studio now we have interns and I just kind of watch them sometimes because I'm like, yo, I, I, I still move as, I, as if I am an intern because the, those little tasks that we're asking them to do are the biggest things, mm -hmm. like the details. You know, if I say, hey, can you get me a turkey, cheese, no tomatoes, like a specific thing and it comes back and it doesn't have that exact thing, then how, if you can't do that, how can you do the bigger things? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for us, it's like, if it, like when I was, when I was an intern, I used to do things like, 
like Mary J and Can Do would come up and I would have to sit in the car so they don't get a ticket downstairs. And you know what I mean? Like there are things that they need, they need to be able to trust you with. Yes. And if they can't do it, then how are you, how do you expect to, you know, move up and get a bigger, a bigger role in the company? Yeah. And people are watching. These people put you in place. They might not be paying you, but they put you in place for a reason and you're tending to their business. So if you're, tending to their business as if it's your business, that doesn't go unseen. Correct. And I'm the same, I'm just like you, like I continue to this day, if I'm needed to, I'll go pick up boxes, I'll go ship boxes, I'll go sit at the warehouse, I'll do all those things because if, if another kid sees that I'm willing to do that, Maybe he'll go, damn, okay, For I'm sure. not working as hard as I For should sure. be. And, and I notice that. Like, I notice when certain interns are, you know, um, are, are, are going to another level. Because then, then I'm even more interested to say, yo, what do you do? Like, what's your, because I know you're here for something. Like, yeah, what's your desire? What's your desire? What's your like, real uh, desire? So, oh, so you're a producer? Oh, no, you're a video. Like, I'm a filmmaker, not, whatever, whatever. Whatever it is, like that, that's what we're, we're actually doing that right now. Like I just, you know, I just discovered one of our interns makes content. So now I can use him to, you know, help with the artists that we're trying to develop. You know, so, and back to what you were saying, I have no, you know, uh, I have no problems sweeping our own floors or whatever, taking the trash. Because I, I just, I show them like, you're never too big to... You know. And also, it's yours, right? It's yours, so it's just like your home. Like, Correct. I'm going to get up, I'm going to wash the dishes, I'm going to pull the trash cans in, the pool man don't, whatever, you know what I mean? I got to do what I got to, it's my home. Correct. So if they see you take stock in your home, right, the value, like, it, 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 they're going to just, they're going to follow. That's going to follow, so it's, yeah. Because yeah. they're watching you as, as much as you're watching them. For sure. So boom, now we back at the yacht party. Yeah, let's So we at the yacht yeah. party, everyone's there. <laughs> Hold on. Was it well, a white that was said, it? salute, salute. <laughs> what that said, what that said, what that said. Cheers, cheers, <laughs> cheers brother. Was it, was it an all white? Was it free for all, rock and wear? Definitely wasn't all white, because I know I hit one of them like Zara type shows, uh, stores before. Uh, Yo, Zara is clutch. Yo, Zara is stepping it up, bro. Still to this day. Clutch. Yeah. Cool. I done wore a Zara suit to the to the Rock Nation brand multiple times. <laughs> thousand percent. Shout out to Zara. One thousand percent. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it was um, no, it was incredible. Did like, you know L.A. Reid prior to so the boat? That was that was another layer to so when like going back to the marathon thing, so when I got my job with JD, I was still training with Puff for the marathon. Okay. So when I got to the Arista building, LA heard about the kid that just started there and running the marathon with Puff. So he goes, I need to meet the kid. So I go down to his office. He was like, Hey man, I heard that you're you're running with Puff. Do you mind running with me like around Central Park? I'm like, sure. We start working out. This is just running. <laughs> running. Yeah. Forrest Still Gump. running. <laughs> that's the yeah. Way. So like that's that those were like organic ways that we, you know, built relationships. And um It's yeah. a lot like life though, right? Yeah. Like in the sense that it's so very easy to point out the things that separate us. Like, you know, it's easily like people on the street you would never talk to. But maybe you guys share a passion for, you know, I got friends who share passion for poker. Mm-hmm. They all play on Friday nights, right? Mm-hmm. That's their thing. Um, and through that, a number of relationships are developed and, you know, businesses are are built right there. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's like, oh, you should meet him because he does this, yeah, he yeah, does yeah. that. Um, golf, all of these things. That's That's another, I think, lost art for these kids is like not reading the room you should read the room and 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 proximity isn't just automatically being close but proximity is figuring out the proximity right like okay 
He's a sports fan. I'm a sports fan. I got to find a way to let him know I love sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like me and L.A., we got along also because he was a die. I don't know if L.A.'s a diehard like sports fan, but he's a diehard. He's a diehard excellence fan. And he loved Kobe. For sure. So we would be at the peninsula watching Kobe. Like, you know what I mean? When Kobe was playing and they were still competing for championships, that was his shit. Yeah. He's an excellence kind of guy. So that, 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 again, was my face card with him, was my ability to, whether it was like the acts that I was showing or, or just like, he just information. He'd be like, how the fuck did you know that? Right. And the information was dead on. Right. He loves those kind of things. And that's what... Again, we have to, the transfer of information has to happen to the next generation, which is about, again, finding a way, finding your face card, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, finding your face card that's going to get you in the room, and then from there, you figuring out how do I stay in the room. And how to add value to the room. How to to add value to the room. Because once you get in there, it's a thing. All right, you in here, but you still got to... You should you should feel every day like I gotta work to stay in this one. Yeah, for sure. Because that's like you you could have just went to the party to go. I know so many people that want to go to the party just to be at the party. Nah, there was. A I mission. never wanted to go to the party just to be at the party. For sure. I'm looking at the DJ. I'm looking at the door guy. I want to know who the owner is. I'm mm-hmm. like that still to this day. We'll go eat somewhere and I'm like, who's the head chef here? Who's and, the you know working with JD. That's one thing I did. I, I made sure I built my like rolodex of people. I was meeting. You know, between him, he was he was dealing with songwriters and other producers and 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 managers. When he's dealing with them, I, I'm in the room too, and, and making sure I build a relationship with them. That and I use that to transfer into, you know, being an A and R. Yeah. And how was that? Now you've already in a short amount of time have went from college student intern to now assistant JD and now you're getting ready to start embarking this journey as an A&R was that the scariest nah, shit dude, or you were just I, like I think I was I was so fearless bro like at in that moment in life like I was so fearless and things were happening so fast like my first week being an A&R I brought in this uh this track from the co-stars and I remember the co-stars remember the co-stars yes so the co-stars, back to like what I was saying, I was, I was building my Rolodex and I was getting beats from everyone. Like, and um, I had this one track. I was like, yo, this shit is fire. And I remember playing it for LA. I said, LA, we need a girl that can kill this. And at that yacht party is where I met Sean Garrett. <laughs> so I met Sean Garrett at that yacht party. Wow. The month later, I got my... A&R job, that first week, I played L.A. this track from the co-stars. I was like, yo, this joint's crazy. I think Sean Garrett should write this. And it happened to be the first single for Tierra Marie, Make a Girl Feel, Mm. Make Her Feel Good. And it's so funny because that was the same week that Jay, uh, Jay Z came in to be president. And I remember walking in. Um, this is after we did the song. I remember walking in, I played it for him. He goes, yo, this is crazy. And then he ended up bringing her into uh, Rock Nation, uh, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Yeah. Crazy time. So that was the man. first week. And then literally the <laughs> second week is when I met John from the Stereotypes. Wow. What was he, he, what was was he doing? So he, they were already the Stereotypes. Okay. So oh. it, was, it was him and two other partners. And they had an artist named Dirty Three. And it's so crazy. Everything has been like serendipitous. Um, Isn't it always? It, it's always. It, it, it really is. It's always. Which is why I, never, I don't even question things. I just move. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, we're supposed to be here. Yeah. You know? But I was so focused on making sure my office was so, like, fly, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I remember getting a call from Empora, and she goes, um, and she was she was managing the uh, stereotypes at the time. She goes, "Hey, I'm downstairs. I got the stereotypes down here with three. and I'm like, "Like who? Who? <laughs> I don't even. What are you talking about?" <laughs> I, and I was this close from saying, "Yo, can we just do this another day?" Like I'm, I'm putting records on my wall. I need to get this. I'm. You know, connecting the, the to noise speakers, whatever. Yo, that shit's you know, it's fun, right? <laughs> yes. Because when you get your office, first office. your first, first office, office yes. 
Listen. I don't want to hear nothing else. I don't want to hear shit you saying right now. I'm trying to get all my shit together. I want to know where the eating spots are. I'm trying to get my office straight. Bruh. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm walking around the building. I'm trying to get my feet up under me. Correct. So again, go ahead. So, um, so I'm getting the office right, and I, something said, Ray, just take the meeting. I said, all right, Coach, come up, come up. Hang up, they walk in, meet everyone, pass me the demo, pop it in, I'm playing. I'm like, yo, this shit's fire. This is dope. Hey, let me play this for Karen. So I play it for Karen. Karen's like, I like it. Let's play for LA. Play for LA. We love it. He gets signed literally that afternoon. Gets signed, that builds, that just automate, that, that's our relationship, right? Like that's, that's what started our relationship. And I would fly from New York to LA, back and forth. And I wasn't like your normal like A&R where I just set things up. I was. I think I was always just, I was a, I'm a musician, so I always approach things as a producer. So I would like create the beats with, with them and that's how we built our, you know. Um, the rapport, right? Rapport. And the trust. And, exactly. Because creatives got to know that you, like, for them to take anything from you, they got to be like, All right, let me look at what he looking like. It's all of that. We judging a book by look, everything. Yeah, let me look what he looking yeah, like. You didn't want the executive producer from just sitting in the studio. <laughs> nah. Exactly. He was like, I'm, nah. I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't know if I like the snare. Like, let's, let's change that. Yeah. That kick, nah, the pattern. Like, that, this is how I approached everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, unfortunately, nothing happened with him as an artist. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the biggest things that, ever, like, Happened to you in your for life, me in my life, yeah. Because I met John and yeah. you know, and and the rest of the guys. So when, um, when I got let go from Def Jam in '07, the first person I called was John. I was like, "Hey, I just got fired, bro." That roster spot for me. <laughs> Yo, I was like, "I just got fired. I don't know if I want to like. I don't know if I want to do another A and R job. I think I just want to be a producer and join your team." What do you really? Think? Yeah. Okay. Because it's so funny because I thought it was all over, man. Because everything was happening so quick and progressively that, you know. We talked about this. Yeah. I thought it was all. I'm like, man. You think it's over. You think over. it's over. Because it's like, it's going like this. It's going like this. And, and my identity was the kid from. Def Jam. From or, Def Jam. Yeah. That's my identity now. Now, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's. Before we die. That, before it, we yeah. die that is how we do our, that's how we fuck ourselves. That our identity that. is, I'm the senior vice president at A&R at Epic. I used, I used to literally be like, like, who are you? You know, just at a regular place. Right. I'm the vice president at Epic. Okay, what's your name? name. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, that's what, you know what I mean? Because you knew what it took to get there. Right. So it's like, it's like, yo, I'm from, homie, I'm from Long Beach. I'm from the west side of Long Beach in Springdale. You know what I'm saying? I'm from a housing project, low income housing, whatever you want to call it. And I fucking made it. So you better believe every, at every moment, right. yo, I'm the vice president of a and right. You know what I'm saying? LA Reed, if you don't know LA Reed, Charday, blah, blah, blah. Right. At the time, you know, Michael Jackson's label, but that's not who we are. Correct. It is. It is just a small. But they treat, they treat us as such, though. When you're not, mm -hmm. because you're when you're not there, I can't use you for anything. So it's yeah. like the phone stop ringing. Stop ringing, bro. Yeah. Like literally, they stop ringing. It was. I mean, it was crickets, crickets bro. Crickets. So true. Crickets. Crickets. And even when I did join the stereotypes, I knew. You know what? I can't be front facing on this. I can't be the guy, like the producer now. So what I did was I laid low. When I moved out to LA, I, we moved, I moved into his, uh, into his spare bedroom in his condo, and that was our studio. And when we would send you know, beat CDs or demos or whatever out, I never was a part of it. Like, I never said, oh, I'm ready to produce. Is that, is that because you were still feeling the effects of having been let go or whatever, and you felt like, and then there's also this thing of we got to play defense. I, I got to strategize. I, just, I need to. I had to strategize, but okay. then I also okay. know how people are, like how they take information in sometimes. Yeah. If they know, oh, you produce it, it sounds different to them now. Right. right. But if it was some, some, someone else, 
oh, this is fire. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for literally like six months, laid low. Yeah. Cook, cook, cook. Every day we made beats, made beats. Yeah. And, um, you know, built uh, our network of songwriters and blah, blah, blah. In literally six months, we we had we did a song for Danny Decane, Damage, and that still, was still still a banger. <laughs> Rose, what's up? <laughs> what up Jado, Rose? what up? Um, before we move forward, I want to get like a piece of advice from the younger you and you now for people that there's so much layoffs going on right now. I I know at least six to eight people within the last week that have gotten laid off their kind of high profile positions. Yeah. And some people have a hard time rebounding from those things. Yeah. Um what what's a piece of advice or something you would you would give, you know, somebody like that that's going through that? Man, I mean, I, I can't I I'm not really the best at giving advice. All I could do is give my own testimony yeah. and hopefully okay. Okay. connect yeah. with you, but like for me, I I, I the reason I chose to team up with like John and those guys is because for me, their character played a role first. Like these are good people. Okay. You know they're dope, and I, you know, I mean, we, there's people that's way more talented than us. You know, but, but I know that they're good people, and I feel like if you team up and you find people that are like-minded and want to go the same direction as you, you can find your way. You know, what I mean, yeah. build your own ecosystem. Yeah. You know. And how important that's important, right? Building something of your own. Of your own. Because when you when it's not your own, somebody can always pull correct the rug from up under you. And that's what I, and I, and I could easily and I had a couple, you know, opportunities. Oh, you know, to be an A and R somewhere else. Okay. You know, soon after, but I I was like, nah. I think I think I want to. I want to figure this out. And I'm gonna stay out here and I'm figure stay out here out. and figure it out, yeah. and, and we're gonna do this on our own. Yeah, yeah. Did that change? All, did that change? Because I don't know when. At some point, you have your children, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so when you have when those when those things enter the room, now you feel a sense of urgency. Well, it like has to happen. Like I, it's got to happen. <laughs> like I can't to. fuck around. Like, yeah, when you had when I didn't have kids, I was I was just out here, and yeah. you know it was fun, and you know there were no consequences if, if you, you know, didn't. If I'm I just didn't. go sleep on the couch. Yeah, or just, oh, worst case, hey mom, dad, I'm coming back to New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely that added another layer of um, making sh- like it has to happen. Now I have. You know, my daughter and, you know. I think the first time I actually saw Ray was, I knew his name, like Ray Ramos, Ray Ramos, but it was. So Bruno was signed to Cameron Strain. And Is this Ra- when he was at a... Remember right there, a Westside Publishing, whatever, yeah. Steve, yep. it also was, okay. And Brody would be in there playing too. Yeah. And I remember um, Bruno had just done his song deal. And he had a he had uh the record with B.O.B. coming out. Oh, so yeah. See, I met Bruno way before that. No, I know you met oh, him yeah, way yeah. before that. But I'm just saying, I remember uh, that song being played and Cameron said, Yo, that's Brody's bass line, and I'm working for Cameron uh-huh. at the time. He's like, I gotta talk to them. You know what I mean? And I remember uh then that record is shooting. Gone. And I see you and Bru- you and Bruno at right there on Beverly, right by that one hotel. Right there's a there's a little club right there, right by uh, Jerry's Deli. Oh yeah yeah yeah. We were walking out. That's his after. This is after he did the Flow Rider song. Yes yes. And I remember he was in my car and he was like. <laughs> and he just jumped out. Yo, he, yeah, he was in the car. And he, just, he screamed out because the song was playing on the radio. He was like, I fucking did this. <laughs> yes, I just happened to be walking out of it, and y'all yeah, just yeah. ran into the spot. And you know, I'd, I'd known Bruno for a minute because um, Mike Lynn had signed him first, yeah, and got him his deal at Universal with Sylvia, and I was working yeah. for Mike Lynn, so because he was like, "Yo, I got this kid from Hawaii," and uh, Bruno, North, you know, he he. When I first met him, I was like, "This is like little Justin Guarini," because he had like, you know, the hair yeah, and the, the hair, little right. jacket right. and everything. And um, he could sing his face off, but he didn't quite have the identity yet. Right. And then, you know, obviously after getting dropped by Universal, 
he was able, again, to, to our point, able to find his... It's funny because... Find him. It's funny. In writing the records. I, uh, I actually tried to save my A&R job when okay. I got let go from Def Jam. Okay. Um, because he was, he was working with uh, Philip Lawrence. Yes. He was right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, Because he was... And yeah. Phil, the same week I got fired, Phil sent me a CD... Uh, he goes, bro, I just started working with this kid named Bruno Mars. He's fired. He sends me the CD, and I'm like, holy shit, this is incredible. Let me bring this to Def Jam, see if I can save my job. <laughs> so I walk in there, I play the music. I'm not going to say who I played it for, but they were like, yeah, I don't know about this. He sounds too much like Michael Jackson. I was like, is, is, that, a, is that a bad thing? <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> oh, okay, and... You know, the rest is history. I mean, obviously, I, I flew back to uh, I flew back to L.A. and we, you know, we teamed up and we we worked we worked a lot. Um, and you know, obviously, y'all have worked a lot. You guys have won a lot. Yeah, a lot. We, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we no, but yeah, I mean, he went off and did you know um, uh, nothing on you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing on you, and I, I don't think we worked for a while, and then we reconnected during. Um, 24 carry, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. Full, full circle full moment. Circle, yeah. Full circle. There needs to be a documentary on the worst decisions. No, you A and R. Listen, like, I mean everybody. Listen, listen. <laughs> yeah. People would be like, if it came out, they would be like, yo, they would be, yo, yeah, everybody. It, so def- everybody would be so defensive. Yeah. yeah. Because I know the person that said. Who dropped Gaga? Oh, I yeah, we we do. We know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's funny. I I remember when they used to tell they used to Bruno talk. too. I took Bruno. So my first meeting at Epic before LA, I met with Charlie Walk uh-huh. to get the gig. Yeah. Um, Johnny Shipes and 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 um Shout and out uh, Johnny. yeah Shipes and uh. Zach Katz helped facilitate it, introduced me to Brandon Creed and Keith Nafterly. They flew me out to New York. Charlie flies me out to New York. And he, in the meeting, he says, who do you want to sign? I said, I want to sign Bruno Mars. And at the time, Pitbull wasn't signed. He had just left TVT. TVT? He was in the middle of things. And I was like, you can sign. He was like, Pitbull's too regional. And Bruno Mars, I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> this is real shit. You know what I mean? And um, so, you know, we all got those stories, sure. like, where we're just like, really? Yeah. This could have changed the trajectory of my life. Right. You know what I mean? But maybe it wasn't, like you said, it's serendipitously. Maybe it wasn't meant for us to sit in that. It, mm-hmm. it finds its way, for you know? Sure. It finds its way. For it sure. finds its way. So damage, right? Damage comes out. Yeah. Is that like, whole, is that the, the moment where you're like, oh, this is like extremely real now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, life definitely changed because like I said, I was living in someone's spare bedroom. I'm now able to, you know, move out, get my own place, finally get a car. And then we use a lot, we use some of that money to now, you know, reinvest in, into our own business where we got, a, we got a studio space in North Hollywood sharing with the underdogs. So, you know. two questions. Did you reconnect with Puff? Because they come from the show, right? Bro, that was crazy. Because <laughs> when I get down there, you know, they're shooting, making the band. Uh-huh. He's literally like, what are you doing here? I was like, yo, we produced a song. And it's been, it's been like, it, it was funny now reappearing as an, uh, you know, resurfacing as a God, producer I now. love it. When we did Justin Bieber, Somebody to Love, L.A. came to the session and when he walks in, I'm sitting at the control, I'm sitting at the controls, and he was just like, Yo, what, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I did the song. What a time. So it was, it, these were just, those were the best times, like reconnecting yeah. with people. Those are the seeing, moments, right? Those are the moments those where you're like, You ain't got to say shit in those moments. <laughs> those, those are the moments, Like, man. it's too late. It's too late for you to do something right now because you yeah. already love the song. It's paid for. It's already out. You know. Wow. Um... Cause there is that, and then you you touch the pond. You got to be strategic with everything. Everything, man. everything. Because there are forces that are 
literally not <laughs> wanting you to get to the next space. Correct. And you don't know. It's yeah. It's it's crazy. But yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the other part of it is talk about the importance of investing back into your own business. Oh man, it's it's everything because then you have more ownership, more you know, you know, because uh, the more you take from other people to you know do, the more you're giving up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we you know we believe in ourselves. We always bet on ourselves. There it is. There it is. Nah, he's. That's, I mean, that's that's how you you you've always again been that way yeah we always bet on ourselves man we can't follow the you know follow i mean don't get me wrong there were times where we did we're just like yo maybe we should maybe we should do this but betting on ourselves is always it's always we always come out on top one something i want to um address that we had that we talked about on our call just me and you um community within this business um, specifically people that look like us and the perception that there is, I don't want to say perception, but there that this is this close, tight-knit community that is holding space for each other. How do we, how do we actually get it to that space? I mean, I feel like we just got to actually do it. Do you it, know, right? Uh, you know, my production partner, John, who is Chinese, mm-hmm. um, I am sometimes jealous of the Asian community because of how they support each other. Man. You know, they're like, they're always trying to put them each other in, in position to win and like, you know, they galvanize with each other to, you know, just mm-hmm. to, to, to progress and push the culture or whatever. I just feel like sometimes we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. Which is why why I'm even sitting here, you yeah. know. I usually, like I said, I usually don't do yeah. interviews or podcasts or anything. But Malik hit me. I'm like, yo, I got to support what he's doing. I love what he's doing. You know, I, I, I definitely want to be a part of it and, and help support and help push. Yeah, I think that's so important because you see what, like, 88 Rising is doing. And I was talking to you earlier about Far East Movement, who, you know, I was – came up with them in the club scene back in the day and when they were like huge, huge and their pivot from now not being on the music side, but still empowering their community and doing all those other things. And I think a couple years, you know, the past few years and everything happened with George Floyd and all these things and all these companies came out and they're like, we're dedicating hundreds of millions of dollars and there's Money a black bad. coalition of music and all the, and there has been absolutely nothing, nothing. that has happened. Nothing. Yeah. One, we don't hold each other accountable, but then also two, like you referenced, there's just something innately about us wanting each other not to win. And I feel like our community always thinks that there's only could be space for one of us, like one. Yeah, one. like literally one. one. It's just like, <laughs> bruh, are you kidding? There's enough for everybody. Yeah. It's almost like music, right? Think about it in this from this standpoint. Sports, music, whatever you want to use, but we'll use music. There's a guy over here that wants to be Breland in country. Mm-hmm. Support him, advocate for him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's there's our boy. A, Shout out to Breland. There's a guy who wants to uh, live in the alternative space. You know what I'm saying? Gene Dawson, support him, advocate for him, because he's really good too. Not only, I'm, I'm not saying advocate if it doesn't feel Yo, good for you, right. but if it's artistically aligned, like yeah. this kid's working with Rick Rubin, he's done it all on his own. You guys do what you guys in the pop music space or the more popular music space, and you guys can do anything you want. Support you like you support Metro Boomin. Right. Support you like you support whoever. But right. we do not come out for each other. And and the thing is, is that it's 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 sheer numbers alone can change for sure. The control. I mean, for me, like I I man, I get I, I get so much joy seeing my friends win and yes. seeing other people win. Like that's yes. I feel like that's my purpose. Yes, is to help someone achieve their dream because the collateral damage of that will be my dreams will be you know what i mean i'll achieve mine as well yeah you know what i mean but if i if i help whoever 
I'm, I'm there too. I saw you with one of the homies on IG, and I think you were introducing him to Scooter. He works for, uh, you know, Ty. Uh, what's Ty's clothing line called? Ty. David. Uh, oh, uh, um, Ty used to be a Def Jam, right? With oh, Tyrone. no ID. Yes. Yeah, 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 Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. Yo, how about this? When I left the, when I left JD, I don't want to tell Tyrone's business. I mean, I don't yeah, think he'll care. Ty, you don't care, Ty. Ty, you won't care. <laughs> Ty was working at a grocery store, and I hit Ty. I'm like, yo, Ty, I'm about to be an A&R at Def Jam. Bro, I think you'd be perfect for Jay. What do you think? And he, he interviewed with JD, and he worked with him for like six, seven years. Mm. Advocacy. Bro, like, we got to, like, we got to be there for, for our brothers. It's nothing. It, like, the advocacy, that should be the easiest portion of it, especially if you trust that this person can that this person can de- can deliver right and is not going to, you know, have you out here looking crazy. Yeah, they're an extension of you. The easiest thing you could do is like here, you guys should meet because right. I think you add value to each other. Correct. You know, and um I think it's also a testament because you guys are going on what 20 years as a collective? Yeah. Ooh, that's years, yeah. that's that's huge. You know yeah, I mean? like for us, it's like, yo, if, we, if we're going to go down, we'll go down together, man. You know what I mean? We win together. It's, you know, it's that, it's that bad boy for life thing, you know, but it really is, man. Yeah. Like you don't, you, you don't usually see, you know, groups or whatever last that long. Hell no. I mean, because you have so many personalities, right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, anytime you're dealing with multiple people, there's egos, there may be personal things, yeah. financial things. There's just a lot to go through, but it, it shows like 20 years, especially in this business in this, and to be able to branch out and to do other things. So, you know, we know the Grammys and you've worked with everybody from Beyonce, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. I mean, the list goes on. Let's talk about when you started branching out into some of the other things that you guys are doing besides just music. Yeah, um, so I, I I just finished working on a show called Bupkiss, starring Pete Davidson. Yep. Um, it's called what again? Bupkiss. Okay, okay. Yeah, Pete Davidson, um, Joe Pesci, uh, and that was my first- You're working uh, with Joe Pesci? I didn't, but, but I'm just I, saying. I worked on a show that he's in. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> Uh, I helped with the uh, like music supervision because okay. I'm a huge fan of like Entourage and, mm-hmm. and um, Scott Venner, and I'm like, yo, I, I really want to you know get into that space. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just you know adding adding more layers to what we do because you know it's fun you know obviously making songs and working with different artists, but in the climate that we're in now, it's I don't know if it's it's not like how it used to be, right. you know, where artists strive to be the biggest greatness the greatest now i feel like they're happy with just having a little money and a bunch of views and being able to being able to uh get a get a jet get a jet you know what i mean I'm like in a private but it's not like beyonce's still out here yeah killing it like just in london just smashing smashing it, it but like these new age artists uh, they, they just want to do well and loud. They just want to be able to do that and <laughs> on like, the three o'clock stage, which is fine. Which is cool. But, but what's after? What's that? after that? There's a ceiling to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think Ty said it. Worldwide Ty, he said, the bar is now set so low of uh, mediocrity. You just want to be able to do like whatever the frequency this person's doing. I'm and cool individuality with that. is is like lost. Like back in the day, like if you sounded like someone, you was. You, you were going to get talked about. Crazy. Crazy. Like, <laughs> now it's just like, who's going to be the next version of the last guy? Yeah, it's actually, who does he sound like? Yeah, like, oh, he sound like, oh, perfect. Yeah, when you're pitching somebody with somebody else's moniker, like, that's crazy to me, but that always happens. We live, we just live in a comparison era where everything is like, everybody compares everything to everything. Like, well, who does he sound like? Oh, instead of that being like, nah, that's not going to work, it's like, cool right you know right and people are scared to like really give their opinion on things it's like it's 
you're a real hater if you just really if you say exactly if I give my opinion, it's like, oh no, he's hating. Like because because you're not for me, you know, as far as creativity, the algorithm is not gonna fool me. Right. I don't care what TikTok says. Right. You're not gonna fool me. Yeah, you Pup, might. Pup says the algorithm has no rhythm. <laughs> you can go get a deal. You can tomorrow off of that thing, right? Have seven million people following. You can go from overnight, right? But then you got to go and have a career. Yeah. And because you didn't do the work, there was no discipline in it. It's almost like somebody being in high school and someone seeing them play. And didn't do the background work, like okay, what league did they play in? Who was the competition? What was whatever? Right. And now you think that they can play a Duke? No, homie. You're gonna find out very quickly that you play in the ACC, and it's it's totally different. And so, yeah, the work's just got to be done. We always say this: you can't circumvent the work. Yeah. And that's what I feel like is happening right now, and that's what I feel like is costing our music specifically, right? Whereas in country right now, they are dialed the fuck in. Right. The songs are amazing. It's always been amazing, but the storytelling is now more amazing. The production is getting more nuanced. Correct. And they're figuring and and adding so much to it. They're adding so much. Like there's so many elements. And now it's crossing over. It's marketable now. Correct. It's it's not the scale. They're scaling it. It's not Alabama. It's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a huge thing. Yeah. And and again, it's it's a part of evolution, and it's also a part of like them understanding like our music just isn't. For the internet on World Star for three days, mm-hmm. they're know. protecting it, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we don't we do. Don't do that. We don't protect our music. Right. We're not protecting our culture. It's just like it's for sale. Yeah. yeah. And then you got everybody like now with the AI thing. It's like, come on, man. That's no. That's not good for us. Yeah. I did want to ask this question too because you've been in the game for such a long time and you've worked with amazing people that have amazing catalogs. A lot of people are selling their catalogs, but at a younger age, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I did the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad at it because it goes back to the whole reinvesting in yourself okay. aspect. Because if you're selling it and you're able to collect a multiple, you know, 20. now, if it's a 20 or whatever it is now and, you know, you can use that money to now reinvest and build. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not mad at that, you know. If you don't need it, then you don't yeah. have to do it. But for someone that, you know, is in a situation where, like, you know what, I can really use this now to really better my family, you yeah. know, you know, set some things up. Um, like you have an actual... I have a plan. A plan for yes, it. Yes, like a, a plan. But also, too, you're still... And I'm still active. active. Exactly. And you're still cranking out those things. Exactly. You can develop another catalog. Correct. I'm, Very, I'm in the midst of yeah. building a new catalog. Yeah. And, and I, I was having this conversation with a friend because they were talking about it. And I said that exact same thing. I said, it, you know, if it makes sense, you always sell high. You want to sell high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're still, if you have a plan and you're still active, then why not? Right. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, I think it's... Because we also you, you also can't you know you can't predict what's gonna happen. You know? not. I don't know if you know if it's gonna uh, you know they call it the decay of um, you know of the catalog. Now you're introducing AI. You know what I mean? I don't know. We, we go through another pandemic. You know I mean? There's so many like variables. Variables. Yeah. yeah give me that now. Yeah. And we'll uh, take that. We'll take that. <laughs> we'll flip it. Yeah. And uh, keep building. How's, um, you know, the partners we pick in our lives, all of our partners, so important, right? Like they are, it can be extremely damaging or it can be extremely help us flourish, mm-hmm. right? Um, in, in your case, your partner, your wife, extremely established, well-established businesswoman. How is that? How do you feel it might be different than other relationships that you've observed where not a man or whoever isn't moving 
in the same frequency. You guys are on the same frequency. You guys are, the trajectory is like this. We are trying to go get it. We are trying to better our family. We are trying to constantly source information. Explain, how does that make you feel every day to wake, to, to oh, be with man. someone in that situation? Dude, it's like, uh, you know, she puts the battery in my back. Like, just by watching how hard she goes, you know, makes me go, all right, we, I can't just sit in my ass and, you know, and, and, and wait for things to happen. Like she, Let me go get that multiple. I got to go get it, you know? <laughs> I, I have to go get it because, you know, um, she, she's, a, she's a pit bull in a skirt, you know? Yeah. Um, How'd you guys meet, if you don't mind me asking? It's serendipitous. I uh, I was at the studio. That's the title. Sorry, that's the title of this episode. So you don't, we don't even have to. We ask. don't even have to ask. <laughs> <You> don't <laughs> don't gotta, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, I was at the studio and I got a call from one of my friend, uh, one of my boys. He goes, "Hey man, can you meet me at the Roosevelt? Uh, I just want to meet. I want to talk to you about something." And bro, usually I don't leave. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the studio, I'm just I'm there. Usually people come pull up, whatever. Something said, "All right, let me just go." So I go. I get there. The thing he wanted to meet about, I was turned off in like two minutes. I was like, <laughs> all right. Well, I drove all the way over here for, he was like, hey, I got a couple girls coming. You know, you want to kick it? I said, absolutely. Yeah, I'll stay for that. I will stay for that. <laughs> so we order a couple drinks and in comes, you know, Trey and her friend. And I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Doing? And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going in and she's not even... It, it was business, because at the time she was managing she was managing Khalees, okay. and you know we got to talking about Khalees and we set up a, a date for us to for Khalees and I to to work whatever. Okay. okay. And um, the day that we were supposed to you know work together, um, she hit me and goes, "Hey, Khalees is uh, she's having a problem finding you know childcare. Uh, I think we're gonna have to cancel the session." And I was like, "Oh, all right. Well, you know, what are you up to?" And she still was like super just business. And she said, you know what, actually, we're going bowling tonight if you want to just like, you know, pull up, catch a vibe. Pins? Not, not pins. We went to, I think it was... Uh, Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. <laughs> it's only two out here. Yeah, we went to Lucky Strike. So we pull up, I pull up to Lucky Strike, we play pool, whatever. And I re that's when I, re I realized, like, okay, she's mad cool. And um, fast forward... Um, like a couple weeks later, um, one of my boys goes, hey, why don't you come up to Bootsy Bellows? <laughs> um, you know, we're going out tonight. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, you know, I actually, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm actually home. And he goes, well, Tracy's going to be there. All right, let me get dressed. <laughs> so I pull up. It's me, him, Jimmy Iovine's like nephew or something. We're, out, we're standing outside. And DJ? We was it DJ? It wasn't DJ. Okay. It was, it was one of... Someone, yeah. I forget uh, exactly, but it's me, Pro, and him. We're standing outside, and we can't even get in the club. And she pulls up. She goes, don't worry, I got it. Talks to the bouncer for like two seconds, gets us in. And we get to talking inside Boosie Bells, and I'm still going in and nothing. Damn, I can't break Damn, this. Can't crack this. I can't crack this one, you know? <laughs> so finally, I'm like, you know what? Man, it was, it was nice to see you. Um... I had to go home. I had to go feed my dog. And she's like, what kind of dog do you have? I was like, I have a Frenchie. She's like, oh my God, I have a Frenchie. And literally, that was, the that was it. From that moment on, we... So y'all was walking Frenchies together. Together. Since <laughs> from that did. moment on, we were, we were tight. That's dope. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, with you guys both being extremely busy, successful, how's work-life, parenthood, balance? Yeah, it's a lot. Um... I mean, she is the ultimate teammate, man. I think we were just, we're just such a great team, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and it's important for her to continue being her. You know what I mean? Like, you got to allow your partner just to, to be really them. be them. Yeah, and she allows me to be, you know, to be me. And we really, we're just really good at, you know, oh, but you, you got to go to wherever, whatever part of the world. Went to Dubai for a little bit. Whatever. I got to, I'll hold oh, it down, blah, it. blah, blah. Got it. We just, we just. Adjustable. We adjust, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Communication. One thing as a parent, I think everybody who's a parent should hear that, especially parents that are in relationships, whether you're together or you're co-parenting, you have to be adjustable for, for the sure. kid. 
For sure. You got to be good you have teammates. To, you have to pull away all that, like... Yeah, even when it's not going good with... Like, because, you know, marriage is... Yeah. Yeah. Even when it's not flowing, we know what the, you know what the main objective is. We got to make sure fam is good. Got to. Fam is number one. Yeah, if the home ain't right... Nothing. Nothing. Push out yeah. all that other shit. For Put sure. it aside. Kids thriving, yeah. us thriving, we can help each other thrive. Yeah. That's what we're gonna do. Correct. There's no other there's no other uh yeah, there's no other option. Yeah. There's no other option. What are um some some projects or some things you're working on now that you're I talk I, about our girl from Lodi. That's exactly what I was gonna talk about. Destiny Rogers. Um, you know, we uh and he knows. Right, tell him. Right, can you tell can you tell him? Malik is the first to believe. Like Bro, he's, as soon so, as I, he's always so early on early everything. on. I everything. was looking back. I found text messages from you from early 2017 talking about Giveon. There's so many of those messages I can go and look back and be like, yo, this knucklehead. No, this, this guy is always he's always, first. He's yeah. always first. It's funny because when we went to go shoot the video for Tomboy, he pulled up. No he one was, knows he, where Lodi is. Yeah, he pulled up and he was like, yo, I really want to like sign this girl. Fortunately, you know, it, it didn't happen, but yeah, yeah, we yeah. ended up going to RCA and- uh, Still a fan. That's the other thing. We remain cool because- For sure. Advocacy is not about whether I get it or not. It's about, I believed in the artist. You then can't be a dick. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yo, it's <laughs> like- Yo, I, I know somebody who's writing great songs. You want to meet them? That's that that's how I approach yeah. all of it, you know. Um, but yeah, man. But talk, yeah, so destiny. when we did, you know, uh, just working with her, we I, I feel like we were putting songs out that weren't necessarily reflecting her. It was just like let's just try to make fire songs and let's make hit records. But nowadays, you, like, you, you've got to really tell the story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You've got to know who, who you're talking to, who the audience is, and, um, and what the narrative is. You know what I mean? So I think we're at a point right now where we're, we're about to release um, her new project. But we're at a space where she is being a thousand percent her. You know, she, she grew up in uh, a religious home where... Catholic, you know, Hispanic. Yeah, Catholic, you know, Hispanic and... And, you know, being homosexual is just not accepted. And in the middle of nowhere. It's not like she's from, like, some bustly metropolis. She's from Lodi, which is, like, I don't even still know where it is, but it's, like, two hours from me. I flew into the Sacramento airport. Yeah, I want to say it's, like, 45 minutes from Sacramento. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's it's deep. Um, But anyway, like, she's now fully being comfortable with, you know, who she is, um, and uh, and when we put this out, you'll see you'll see how it rolls out. I'm excited, man! I'm excited. But thank you, like so much for your contribution and sharing the story, man. It, I think it's what we aim to do is obviously we have people that are in, out there and in front of the cameras that we love, but I think the true important is when people like yourself step from behind the scenes and share these important stories about your journey and what it's taken to stay in such a high level for 20 something years and the background and those things, because, you know, again, you could, you can sit here for three hours and tell stories about all these artists and the parties and the events. But what people need to hear is, those steps, those ordained steps. Ah, for sure. And the work you put in to even be in this position. For sure. You know? Yeah, and it's just knowing that, you know, obviously we're in this music game or entertainment game, but I think the game that I'm trying to win at is the game of life. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, bringing up my kids, and that's what's more important to me. It's funny because, you know, going back to what I was saying about, oh, I really wanted to emulate, like, Puff or, like, Pharrell or Jay-Z or all these guys, and now that I'm older, I realize I want to be more like my dad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. That's the person I really want to be like, is like my father, you know? Like, the way he sacrificed and him and my mom made sure that, you know, they they supplied this life for myself and my sister. Mm. You know, my sister's a doctor. She's a 
you know, a doctor chemist, what? you know, she's a chemist. Like she, Shit. you know, when you put shampoo in your hair, like she's the one that puts the, like, she know how everything gonna react. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So like <laughs> to come from Haiti and like to come here and build a life for, you know, your kids. And now that they took that baton and are taking it further, we're trying to do the same for our kids and have them, I can't even imagine what, yeah, you know, they're going to do, but that's, that's what I'm in it for. Producer's going, he's going to tell us we got to get out of here. But one last thing, your wife being Vietnamese, right? And Chinese. And you're Haitian and your mother is? Haitian. My, my whole family's Haitian. My mom's Haitian and Chinese. Uh, do you have any, uh, you have any thoughts of like going back to those countries and Haiti sort of... is just not a place where you can go right now. It's, okay. Yeah. The government, you know, it's, there is no government, you know, um, I've been, I've been maybe twice, um, Vietnam at all. Have you guys been? No, I, we haven't been to Vietnam. Okay. That's definitely a trip that we want to take the kids for okay. sure. Okay. We're planning on doing that in the like next year or two. Okay. Yeah. Now you can do it on a PJ. <laughs> don't tell him. Don't, he said, don't tell my business. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Ray Romulus, Chief Johnson, Malik Rashid, a sweet life. Y'all be good. All right. Thank you guys Peace. so much. Appreciate you guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.